Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine and sponsored by Steer. Broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto. Today, we have a great show lined up for you. But first, it's time to bring on... Our editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show. Hey, it's a beautiful day in Texas. It is. It's so beautiful, nice and hot as well. So hopefully everybody is using their sunscreen, right? I want to make sure that... Uh... I hope so. I know I am. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's jump into uh, this segment, oil prices. Um, they've had a strong... We've had a strong week with oil prices um, and once again, we're seeing WTI approach the $60 mark. So what are some of the big factors that are causing this price increase for this week? What do you think they are? Well, it's the combination of things. We have uh, we have the OPEC plus meeting uh, early next week, and uh, the rumors are that, that all those countries that have been limiting their exports over the last two years are planning to extend that agreement through the end of the year. It might even might even uh, agree to some additional cuts in supply, although I, I frankly am skeptical of that. And then the other big thing uh, that happened on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday evening, was the U.S. Energy Information Administration announced that we had had a huge drawdown in, in domestic uh, crude supplies last week, um, 12.8 million barrels, which is the biggest dr- weekly draw in well over a year. And that's, you know, that's a, a sign that uh, the market is is really kind of balanced at this point. And that's kind of why I think that uh, the OPEC plus countries may look at that and, and other kind of bullish signals that we've been getting over the last week or so and, and decide maybe uh, to extend their deal, but not to cut production any further right now. So, but, uh, but I think, I do think, uh, you know, those were the big, the two main factors uh, impacting prices this past week. Well, let's let's uh, talk a little bit about natural gas since we're on prices. Um, they seem to have collapsed a little bit in the past two weeks, falling way below two dollars and twenty cents um, range this week. Um, and what in what's happening with that? It seems like one goes up and the other one goes down. They're consistently bobbing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the old days, and back in the old world, they used to uh, the natural gas price uh, would track the crude price, but they became separate markets about 15 to 20 years ago, and and, uh, so now there's not really a relationship anymore. Um, The natural gas price has collapsed over the last two weeks. It's uh, kind of an old story, just uh, not enough demand to soak up all the supply. Production continues to grow, even in the basins like the Permian Basin, where, you know, it's considered to be uh, an oil basin. But all those wells have uh, pretty high quantities of natural gas associated with them. And as those wells, you know, are getting hooked into gathering systems now and going into pipelines to market, um, that production continues to rise and demand is just not keeping pace. And, you know, uh, it's the same is true of LNG exports. So we've had, uh, we have a lot of activity going on in constructing new terminals, but those are multi-year projects that take a lot of time to to get completed. And so we're just not uh, able to 
export uh, enough of this natural gas to market to, to keep up with the rising supply. So um, unfortunately, producers of natural gas are really getting hit hard right now. Well, you know, it, it comes back to in the very beginning when a lot of shale uh, was taking off and um, the Eagle Ford Shell is, you know, currently celebrating, you know, their 10 year anniversary. Let me change gears a little bit. Um, you know, so we had a, a, an announcement yesterday evening about 7 p.m. that came through on Kinder Morgan. And, you know, Kinder Morgan has a pipeline that they're trying to also um, take through um, Midland and through the Hill Country. Absolutely needed for infrastructure purposes. Um, and this is basically focusing on, um, you know, um, natural gas. So the release was um, that basically Travis County District Court uh, wound up dismissing um, the and made a ruling in Kinder Morgan's favor. So tell me what you think about um, what happens from here. Because, you know, we always hear things about uh, the pipeline. This one was the Permian Highway Pipeline, better known as PHP Project. Um, so the dismissal on all the claims made against the Permian Highway Pipeline, where do you think they, they go with this? And, and, and how important is this and how relevant is it? Well, it's, it's a very uh, critical project. It's one of the natural gas pipelines that uh, has been proposed to, to transport all this natural gas to market uh, rather than flare it. Uh, you know, the environmentalists don't seem to be able to make up their minds related to the Permian Basin. They, on the one hand, they scream about all the natural gas that's being flared instead of sold into a pipeline. And then on the other hand, they oppose the building of all the pipelines, right? And so that's what that lawsuit was, was a bunch of environmental activist groups, uh, you know, tr- making, frankly, spurious claims in, in court. Uh, and the court ruled against them, as everybody expected they would. It, it took a while. But uh, so now Kinder Morgan gets to build that pipeline and or at least begin building the pipeline. I'm sure there will be more lawsuits and more protests. But, you know, it's it's really important. It's $2 billion. It's a lot of jobs. It's a huge investment. It's a lot of uh, economic activity for not just West Texas, but 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 uh, but the whole state just in terms of economic impact. And, and getting that gas to market is, is, is critical. We are wasting, frankly, a lot of resource out there right now having to flare that natural gas. That, and that, that is not the best way of doing it. No, it's taking it's, it to market yeah. and selling it instead of uh, flaring it. You're right. Yeah, and it's, it's millions and millions of dollars of lost revenue to the state in the form of taxes, by the way. So anyway, That's go ahead. True. Sorry. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, for the past two sessions, we've had this discussion on intimate domain, and this is bringing right back to it. So basically in the press release, it was, you know, stating that uh, intimate domain process ensures that no single landowner can block critical infrastructure necessary to moving the energy needed to of course, heat our homes and cool our homes. Um, this also would, of course, you know, when we start doing this, uh, they don't have the right to come in and affect how schools receive funding, businesses, and public buildings as well. So this definitely, when we uh, discuss pipelines and, and the necessity for them, and um, you, you look at the intimate domain uh, uh discussion that's been happening at our at our um in austin with our legislators um do you think that they need to finally come to some kind of an agreement on intimate domain to avoid this exact well process this exact yeah you know i mean i think everyone agreed during this session the industry and all the other stakeholders that the, the laws could be improved and the process could be improved unfortunately no one seems to agree uh you know, be able to agree how to do it. And so this was the third consecutive session we've that eminent domain has been a a really big issue and uh, it never seems to get done. So, but it'll come up again. 
two years from now. And uh, with any luck, you know, in the meantime, uh, people will be able to to reach some kind of a consensus on the changes that need to be made. But uh, uh, you know, you can't you can't hold up necessary infrastructure for another two years waiting for the law to change, right? I mean, we have to have this infrastructure in order to make our economy work and in order to, to you know, get all this natural gas to market and all the crude oil to market and generate all those taxes to fund the federal government or the state government. So, um, yeah, it's a sticky issue. I don't know, frankly, if they'll ever get it resolved uh, anytime soon anyway. So, yeah, one, one other thing we should all remember about eminent domain is, is, although it's a controversial issue, the reality is that pipeline companies very rarely end up having to go that route. Uh, in well over 90, 95 percent of the cases with, with landowners, they're able to negotiate a, a perfectly fine deal uh, for payment to the landowners for the use of their land uh, and restoration of that land when they're finished building the pipeline. And, and so there, these, these instances where they have to exercise eminent domain in order to proceed down their right-of-way, uh, it's not happening all the time. These, these are fairly rare. Uh, they cause a lot of hard feelings with landowners. I know that. Uh, but, but this is not something that pipeline companies are just out there willy-nilly saying, you know, we're going to come through your land whether you like it or not. There is a, a long and, and negotiating process that happens. I've been involved in those, uh, a little farm my family owns down in Goliad County over the years. Uh, and we've always been able to reach an agreement that, that satisfies everyone. So people should not think that, that this is something that just happens every and every instance because it's pretty rare, actually. I just think that the most important thing for, for us to consider is, you know, the revenue that is raised by... Um, you know, rather it's pipeline infrastructure, but just the profit that's coming into the state, it really does affect the local economy, local schools, first responders, and other vital, you know, Roads. absolutely necessary things, right? And so, yeah. you know, we have to think about these things are important to all of us. And uh, when we look at it from that, you know, perspective, maybe it makes uh, a difference. It's, and it's and it's not really good for the environment for us to be flaring. So I hope that they do take intimate domain and find a solution for it. Um, and so I'm interested next week for us to talk about what will happen with uh, China and President uh, Trump meeting with uh, the president of China. And hopefully we'll have a, a clear path by next week uh, with this meeting that's coming up. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, that would be good. And, uh, you know, by the next show, we'll, we'll know how the OPEC plus meeting came out. And uh, we'll have a pretty good idea at that point, I believe, uh, where all prices are going for the rest of the year. Couldn't agree with you more, David. That is all the time that we have for this week's show. We look forward to having you on next week when I'm sure we'll be able to cover a little bit of what happened as the president met with China. And hopefully we'll have uh, an outcome on the OPEC plus meeting as well. But until next week, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks. I look forward to it. And now it's time for us to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Wall Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. In the Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute produced by shalemag.com. Oil prices were mixed on Thursday as the markets pause in anticipation of the outcomes of President Trump's meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping this week and the OPEC Plus meeting early next week. Positive outcomes to both meetings could result in stronger oil prices through the end of the year. The CEO of Reistad Energy, Yaron Reistad, told Bloomberg this week that his firm expects the U.S. shale boom to continue over the coming decade 
and that by 2030, the U.S. will produce fully 25% of the world's oil and natural gas. Reistad also noted that the world is already so dependent on U.S. shale production that if the practice of hydraulic fracturing were ever outlawed, it would cause a global energy crisis. I'm David Blackman, and that is your Energy Minute. Listen to In the Oil Patch Radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com. Agreco has been powering the Permian Basin for over 10 years, supporting Permian producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. Agreco supports power systems as small as a single 200 kilowatt to as large as a 50 megawatt power plant. So when your utility power is delayed, call on Agreco to engineer a diesel, natural gas, or battery solution to fit your needs. We have immediate availability right here in the Permian Basin. Call one 800 Agreco or online agreco.com. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We will be joined by Tracy Bentley, who is the president of the Permian Basin Strategic Partnership. And we'll also be joined by David Blackman, who is the editor of Shell Magazine. David, you are on the line with me right now. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. You know, I'm so glad that you're going to be able to do uh, this interview with Tracy, uh, who's coming up here soon. Uh, but, you know, just to to give a little bit of some history on the Permian Basin Strategic Partnership, um, tell me your thoughts on what you think uh, this partnership is all about, and how important is it in the Permian Basin? Well, I think we'll, we'll, what we'll hear from Tracy is it's all about partnership, uh, partnering, partnering with local communities and local leaders and state leaders out there in the Permian Basin uh, to address impacts and, and issues related to the oil and gas development that's going on out there. Um, when you're in a major boom like the Permian Basin is and like the Eagle Ford Shale was 10 years ago, as we saw in South Texas, there there are impacts. It's an extractive industry. It's very busy. It creates a lot of traffic and a lot of noise and impacts to the roads and, and things like that. And and so the, the Permian Strategic Partnership is uh, is a an initiative being brought by I think 21 companies now uh, with a very substantial budget that, that we'll let Tracy describe. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, a way. To, to put a face on the industry, a single uh, focal point for local leaders to to coordinate with and finding solutions to the issues out there. And it's just a really incredibly positive thing uh, for the oil and gas industry to be doing in, in that hot region of the country. And, you know, David, with with uh, current, the current situation the way it is, um, if there, of course, are some things that we learned with Eagle Ford coming online, was a lot of the communities, uh, and maybe not so much in the Midland, Odessa area, but a lot of the communities are not very familiar with what does a boom look like or what happens when, uh, you know, energy companies move in. And there is a lot of um, things that they're dealing with that they're not really used to. And social compatibility is so important uh, for the community and of course, the energy companies to to get along with one another and to understand what 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 they're doing to help the community along with being there in their community. Well, it is, and and you know the the, the companies employees themselves live in those communities, and so it impacts them as well. It's and 
for a long time, I, I think our industry uh, in the last century, not in this century, we've gotten a lot better about it. But for a long time, these kinds of needs of the communities were, were not a high priority for the companies in this industry. But uh, that's all changed now. And, and this is, is one of the really positive results of it. Excellent. Well, let's go ahead and uh, bring on Tracy Bentley, the president of Permian Strategic Partnerships. Tracy, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're real excited to have you because this is new uh, and it is uh, going to be pretty much led by your leadership. But before we get started of really breaking down what is this partnership in place out there in the Permian Basin area, uh, give our listeners a little bit of an opportunity to learn a little bit about you. Uh, Where uh, do you come from and what is your background pertaining to oil and gas? Sure. Well, I was born and raised in Colorado. Um, my dad's side of the family was a farm and a ranch family, um, and so spent a lot of time in rural Colorado for that reason. Um, I most recently moved from Weld County, which is Colorado's top producing oil and gas county by a long shot, um, so lived right in the heart of production when I was in Colorado. I had a, a, a history of um, working on a contract basis with some oil and gas companies in the state of Colorado. And then when Governor Hickenlooper was elected as governor, he asked me to come revamp and kind of balance out um, his energy office, which I did. And then right after that, I became him, Governor Hickenlooper's legislative director and senior advisor on agriculture and energy, where during that time, there was um, some pretty significant oil and gas rulemaking going on in the state of Colorado, some unprecedented rulemaking, actually. And I was right smack in the middle of that. And then the uh, American Petroleum Institute decided for all sorts of reasons that they really needed to put an anchor down in Colorado and open up an office for the first time. And they asked me to come open it up and lead it. So I've been working. I, I headed up the Colorado Petroleum Council for the past four years. And then I heard about the most amazing group that had come together in the Permian Basin um, and what they were doing. And I got really excited about the opportunity to be part of it. Well, you know, we're going to get into what the strategic partnership is all about. But before we do, I just want to mention, as as we see so many deals coming uh, forward, we're hearing about the uh, Chevron and uh, um, Oxy deal uh, with Anna Darko, and there is a woman leader. And then we, you know, look at uh, XTO, and we have another female leader. It's so awesome to see that there are so many women coming forward in amazing leadership roles. Um, And your partnership uh, leading the Permian Basin Strategic Partnership isn't going to be any different because this is this is, first of all, I think, first of its kind. It's it's huge. And it has every uh, main player that's out there in the Permian Basin uh, and Odessa area a part of this. And really, um, when you think about when I think about looking and seeing what it's trying to do, it's going to be so wonderful for the community. And I couldn't be happier that we have, uh, you know, you, a a female running this uh, partnership. What I'd like to do, though, right now is before we're going to cut for a break, um, Tracy, when we return from break, let's get into and dissect a little bit about what's going on uh, with the Permian Basin Partnership and who are your operators. Uh, but we will be right back. We do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the All Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. 
Join Shell Magazine and In the Oil Patch Radio Show in partnership with local and regional partners and organizations to get an update on the state of the energy industry. The State of Energy event is being held on July 18, 2019 from 10.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at the Omni Houston Westside Hotel. State of Energy's keynote speaker for the luncheon is former U.S. Secretary of the Interior Ryan Zinke. Visit shellmag.com and click State of Energy on the main menu for more information about the event, to purchase tickets, and for sponsorship opportunities. You can also call 210-240-7188 for more details. So join us at the State of Energy Luncheon, July 18th, 2019 at 10.30 a.m. at the Omni Houston Westside Hotel. Seats and tables are going fast, so be sure to visit shellmag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com before it's too late. See you there. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and we are being joined by the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. And our guest today is Tracy Bentley, who is the president of Permian Basin Strategic Partnerships. Uh, Tracy, before the break, um, I, I, I asked, let's get into what is the Permian Basin Partnership all about and who are some of your members that are going to create this amazing partnership? Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Well, the Permian Strategic Partnership is an unprecedented group of 20 oil and natural gas companies here in the Permian Basin who are working in partnership with leaders across the region um, to address current and future challenges to the responsible development of the vast oil and natural gas resources we have here in the Permian. So our five focus areas specifically are public education, healthcare, housing, roads, and workforce development. To date, um, our 20-member companies are Anadarko, Apache, BP, Chevron, Cimerex, Concho, ConocoPhillips, Devon, Diamondback, Incana, Endeavor, EOG, XTO, Halliburton, Oxy, Parsley, Pioneer, Plains All-American, Schlumberger, and Shell. Holy smoke. Well, uh, you can't get any better than that. That is... <laughs> uh, that is quite a lineup of companies, yeah. <laughs> These are our families um, who live here, too. And so the rein- reinvesting back into our communities um, is, is, is a valiant effort, and it, it's needed to be done for quite some time. But really, um, you know, we raise our families here, too. Many, many of our employees do. And so um, we look at it as, uh, you know, investing in, in our futures as well as everybody else who lives in the basin. So these 20 companies um, have committed a, a sizable amount of money that's meant to go in and be able to be partners um, financially and otherwise with communities across our region. And so we have a $100 million budget that the companies have committed to over um, many, many years to, to make sure that we do make significant progress in each of our focus areas that I mentioned before. Tracy, um, 
you know, I, I know your emphasis from talking to you before is, is on partnering, partnering with communities out there and the community leaders. Um, but part of that too is is partnering with, with your own members there. Uh, these are big substantial companies with a lot of internal expertise, people who really know what they're doing in this realm who can be a big help. And I, I wonder if you could talk to the audience about, you know, how the member companies, the kind of resources they're dedicating to the effort and how they're partnering with you and your staff in this effort. Absolutely. So we have over a hundred employees from our member companies who have dedicated a significant portion of their time so all of the hard work that's going on across the basin, whether we're having housing discussions or education discussions, roads, healthcare workforce development, is all being led from the ground up by our member companies' employees. So this is, again, part of what makes this truly unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this in our industry before. The commitment from the communities and from some of the local uh, elected officials, and honestly at the statewide level too, has been absolutely fantastic. People are excited about the effort. People want to take part in it, and they don't just want to watch it happen. They want to actually roll up their sleeves and sit down at the table and partner with us. And the word partnership is in our title um, on purpose. So PSP is not in the business of building roads and building bridges, um, but what we are in the business of and what our companies are very, very good at is partnering with communities and, and leaders and saying, okay, we have, a, we have a challenge, let's figure out how to overcome it together. And if we all pool our resources, all the very many resources, some of which uh, we spent some time speaking about, there's absolutely a way to solve some of these issues that are going on in the basin, um, primarily in the five focus areas that we spoke about. So it has been overwhelming to sit down with the mayors across the basin and Southeast New Mexico as well, which is part of our basin, and talk to them about what are their biggest needs and how together can we put together a plan um, to help address those needs. It's been amazing. Very interesting. When we come back from break, um, I want to get into um, have you guys already officially launched and what does the rest of 2019, your year calendar look like? Uh, and give us some idea of how this partnership is going to roll out uh, in that area, in the Permian area. But we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C. and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Uh, we are being joined today by David Blackman, the editor of Shell Magazine, and Tracy Bentley, who is the president of Permian Strategic Partnerships 
in uh, the Midland, Odessa area. Uh, Tracy, before the break, um, you were telling us about this amazing strategic partnership that's occurring, uh, and it is created uh, to help, of course, address things that are so important in that area, such as health care, roads, um, and, and, and there's five core areas of focus that you guys are going to be looking at. Uh, but my question is, you guys launched in November, so how involved will the will the community be? What uh, does your calendar look like for the rest of 2019? Um, and what are you guys uh, trying to achieve for 2019 where it's a successful year for you guys? Sure. So um, there is very active conversations going right now across the entire basin in each of our focus areas. Um, and how do we how do we address some of the needs knowing, that we can't be all things to everybody. Um, so working with the community to prioritize um, some of their highest needs um, is our focus right now. And I will say, again, it's going very, very well. But I've been um, so excited about the response um, from the communities that, that we've received in wanting to partner with us. Um, 2019 is, is already and will continue to be a very busy year. One of our, our efforts that we've decided to take on is to let those um, who don't live in the Permian Basin, help them better understand what is the Permian Basin, what is its importance, not only just to the state of Texas, but really to the entire world. Um, and why is it impor important that we reinvest um, some of those dollars that the Permian is giving out to the state of Texas, to the country, and to the world, and put them right back in so that um, we can continue to be the economic machine that we are um, for, for all of those entities. And so I spent some time um, visiting with leaders in Austin and, and other places, really going through just how important the Permian is. And um, really, when you tell people that the Permian has become the world's most strategically important energy producing region, their eyes get really, really big. And so um, I think just helping people understand that and that if we don't take care of it, um, it won't be able to produce nearly as efficiently has been very, very helpful, we found. Yeah, Tracy, uh, in, in fact, you've just addressed this. I, there was a really interesting piece in Forbes last week. Uh, the writer's name is Robert Rapier. He's a really good energy writer there. He, he talked about, he'd, he had done some analysis and talked about the fact that because Saudi Arabia has cut back on its own production here as a part of their OPEC plus agreement with Russia, uh, that the Permian Basin is actually now most likely surpassed uh, Saudi Arabia's Guahar field as the largest <laughs> single producing uh, area on the face of the earth, which is just extraordinary. And that, of course, has amazing economic impacts for, for Texas and Southeast New Mexico. But I, I the question I think I want to follow up with is, is you know, we've seen a lot of, of talk here over the last few weeks that uh, actually the growth in the Permian is slowing down slightly this year. The rig count's a little down and, and production numbers uh, are not uh, quite living up to what the EIA had projected them to be. I'm just wondering, you, you guys are out there on the ground. Are you seeing any slowing down of activity there in the region at all? Uh, we are not. In fact, um, what, what I'm witnessing on the ground um, on a day-to-day -day basis is, is, in fact, quite the opposite. Um, we have more and more people who continue to want to live in the basin and raise their families um, faster than what I ever – I mean, I, I knew it was strong 
coming down here, but living here and witnessing it and seeing the waiting lists um, for, for housing and, and other things, um, we haven't seen it slow down a bit. Wow. That's excellent. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the pipeline capacity issue, because we know that there has been definitely issues with um, limited pipeline, and, and that also is causing some flaring um, associated with some of the natural gas that the wells are, are, are creating due to a lack of pipeline hookup. My question is, um, do you how do you see this progressing and do you see it being resolved when new pipelines are being laid and built out? There's a lot going on out there in pipelines as well. So how uh, long and what do you see the progression happening pertaining to pipelines and flaring? Well, I need to start by saying this is not um, re- the regulatory arena is not a PSP focus area. And so we really leave um, this and, and other issues related to our industry trade associations um, to to um, explain and to address as well as our individual companies. But what I will say is this, is that it all, if you look at, so the answer is yes, it's no secret. The Permian being what it is, what we just discussed, absolutely needs more pipelines. Well, in order to build more pipelines, we need a workforce. In order to attract and retain a workforce, we need affordable housing and we need more access to quality healthcare and all of the things that PSP is working on. So it's absolutely related um, in a very direct way, making sure that if we, we can get these pipelines in, um, we've got to have what it takes to get them in. So, um, and I will tell you, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, is uh, our member companies um, work very, very hard and have um, pretty amazing records when it comes to um, being environmentally responsible. So I think, um, you know, this will certainly continue to be a priority area for them. Well, you know, um, as we get um, ready to go to break, Tracy, I'm glad you're bringing up the issue or, you know, we had the discussion of pipeline because it's important. I understand that a lot of it can be um, viewed as this is more uh, sometimes legislative issues that we're dealing with. But, you know, when we don't have what the Permian Basin needs for capacity to get all of that energy or oil and gas coming into market somehow, it has a way of having an impact on the community. And and that's one of the things that we love to talk about on our show is um, I'm glad that you're heading down to Austin to tell all of the elected officials, you know, the the rainy day fund that um, is our safety net, if you will, for if we should come up short uh, at the comptroller's office or um, how it actually is utilized to help the community. Um, all of these things are important and the communities and even outside of the Permian Basin, they really do need to understand that it has a consequence on us all in Texas if we overregulate, if we do not provide adequate um uh, structure that the Permian Basin needs. It it can also affect our rainy day fund as well, and it can also have an impact on uh, us as a community at the gas pump as well. So it's important the work you guys are doing, and it's important that the community understands how important infrastructure is. And of course, this partnership you guys have in place. When we return from break, I know that David has a question pertaining to the oil boom, but we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Remember this name, oil field experts, to locate any part, anytime for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210 210- 
471-1923 and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Hi, this is Kimball Otto, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show, starting every second Saturday of the month at 2 p.m. We will have a live call-in show in which John Tatera, the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, will be joining me in studio to answer all your questions. The call-in live line is 210-526-3656. Again, the call-in live number is 210-526-3656. Be sure to call in at 2 p.m. If you want more information on how to call in live or the phone number again, be sure to email us at radio at shalemag.com. That's radio at S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Or just go to our Facebook page in the Oil Patch Radio Show. You'll find the information there as well. Welcome back to Into the Oil Patch Radio. I'm David Blackman, editor of Shell Magazine, here with host Kim Bellotto and president of the Permian Strategic Partnership, Tracy Bentley. Tracy, I want to get back to talking about the Permian Basin and the boom going on out there. And, and of course, one of the issues you talked about that's among your five uh, strategic issues that the partnership is planning to address involves roads and traffic. Roads, traffic safety, uh, just general traffic jams, all the things that happen during the, the midst of an oil boom like it's taking place out there. And I just want to give you a, a, an opportunity to talk about the ways the PSP is planning to partner with these local communities and, and the state of Texas and, and New Mexico to deal with these kinds of issues. Sure. Well, I think it's important for people to understand that, um, especially those who have lived in the basin for any amount of time, that um, you know we have seen um, some ups and some downs, certainly when it comes to, to our industry and the, the booms. Um, but this, this, this time it's very, very different. The te- technology that industry now has in place um, has allowed us to fully understand what is in the basin mineral-wise. And it, our technology also allows us to um, more efficiently than we've ever done before capture it. And so it increases volume um, and increases efficiency. And I think it's very safe to say that nobody had any idea uh, what was down there, what was in the rock um, as, as early as, uh, I don't know, five or six years ago. Uh, that's, and now that's we know, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, and now that we know, my goodness, this is this is not another boom cycle. Um, industry is going to be producing at record-breaking levels in the Permian Basin for the foreseeable future. And so that's why you see um, the companies from the Permian Strategic Partnership coming in and saying, you know what, we're not here to put a Band-Aid. We're not here for some quick fixes. We are going to long-term invest in the basin because we're going to be here for a while raising our families. And we really want others who are not even in the oil and natural gas industry, who come from all sectors, to want to come to the basin and to have first-class facilities for themselves and their families. So when we're partnering across the basin in, in southeast New Mexico, whether it's you know here in Midland or, or south, uh, south of here, um, we're looking at sustainable projects that will, that will be able to be sustained over a very, very long period of time. Well, you know, Tracy, before the break, I was uh, talking a little bit about how important communication is because the community um, 
struggles with understanding really what's happening in the Permian Basin and really on a bigger scale, uh, energy as a whole. One of your key tasks will be to develop and execute a plan uh, to effectively communicate um, with stakeholders and audiences uh, the importance of this. Um, we are definitely uh, supportive of this. We are definitely pro uh, in, uh, energy and we're not a uh, media source that is a tr- that is basically a trade association type of media. We're basically talking to the community in general. So we understand how important communication is to the masses on a very complicated and difficult topic, which is of course energy. My question is, how do how are you going to do this? How are you going to develop a, an effective communication plan to talk to everybody? Sure. Well, I'm, a, I'm still a very big fan of um, the best communication usually takes place in person. And so that's why you'll find a hundred of our employees out across the basin literally every day talking about why PSP was formed, what our hopes are in working with them, and, you know, let's let's tackle some big things together. Um, so a lot of that is happening face-to-face, which I'm a big fan of. But to your point, um, in order to reach everybody that we need to reach, both within the state of Texas and beyond, um, we need a broader communication plan. And so one thing that, um, that I'm working on right now as we speak developing is how do we communicate with stakeholders um, who aren't necessarily close to us and keep them up to speed on what we're doing and why we're doing it. So very soon, I'd say within the next um, 30 or 60 days, you will start to see more communication come out from us along those lines, letting people know on a fairly detailed uh, level what we're working on, where and why. So we're really excited about that. Tracy, you, you come to Texas from Colorado, as we talked about earlier, and, and of course they just – the legislature up there just passed a, a horrible bill that's clearly designed to hamstring the industry there. And, uh, you know, I, I think that as I, as I look at PSP, your role and, and the job that you guys are trying to do out there is to ensure that the same kind of toxic atmosphere that unfortunately developed in Colorado and, and enabled that kind of legislation to pass doesn't really ever get done in Texas, that we don't have that kind of negative atmosphere out there in West Texas that we had up in Colorado. Is that is that kind of really how you see your mission at the PSP? I think that's a huge part of my mission. I think um, the leadership that has been shown by these 20 companies is something that um, I know that Colorado's noticing and looking at. And I, I would think that most of the, um, the United States is watching very carefully and saying, wow, um, the oil and gas industry just stood up something that's never been done before, and they're not trying to take credit um, for for making huge milestones. They're partnering. They're being good partners with their friends and neighbors across the basin. And I think, um, you know, making sure that we do a very thorough job on hearing all the voices who want to be heard is going to be the key to our success here. I can tell you that that environment, unfortunately, as you pointed out, David, um, never came to pass in Colorado. And I think had that those conversations happened earlier and in a more um, robust fashion, I'm not sure um, if, the, if the negativity at the level that it's at would be happening in Colorado right now. So absolutely, we have an opportunity in the Permian to get ahead of those, some of those conversations and develop some partnerships before, you know, before there's, there's a major crisis or, or a very unhealthy conversation around oil and gas production here. 
Well, uh, David, Tracy, I'd like to thank you guys for for being with us here today on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And Tracy, especially to you, uh, taking on such a big role. And of course, the just the sheer importance of this partnership and what it is going to do. And of, of course, as you ended with making sure that there is good communication, so we hopefully do not end up with uh, a negative perception here in Texas and have a uh, you know, legislation that passes that is not beneficial to the citizens of Texas is really important. So I'm glad you are uh, at the head of the ship uh, and is running it. And if you need anything from us, if you want to come back on the show and tell us what you're working on, we'd love to have you back on. Well, I want to thank both of you for having this conversation with me today. I very much enjoyed it. And I would come back to your show anytime. So thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Well, that's all the time that we have for this show, but please be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch. Or follow us on Twitter at ShellMag. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G. And if you have any questions for me, or if you have questions on oil and gas, I encourage you to email me at radio at ShellMag.com. That's going to wrap up another great show. See you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Until then, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.